This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you're looking for such advice, then do contact a licensed professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the Common Collective, as well as why the Common Collective resists new information. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 1019. Because mm-hmm. the Bible, you know, it's one of those books that they can't get out of law. There is a right. Bible in every single courtroom everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. It's not because they want it there. It's because they can't remove it. It is the foundation for law. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, so there's such a big demonization of the Bible and of Christianity for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Because everything we need to know to undo our contracts is in there. Everybody's at different stages in this learning game of the Great Awakening because we're all waking up across the country. This is a biblical thing. Nobody made it up, at least not on this earth anyway. But uh, we know exactly what's going to go on, approximate time frames of what's going to happen. And right now we're in a, an exciting time to be alive. The, this is a war between good and evil. It's also a war between we the people and the Bar Association. The Bar Association is a cause of the vast majority of problems we have in America and the world. They own and control everything. I got a, a good friend, he's fairly young. His name is Justin. And Justin sailed through high school. He has the ability to read and retain every word, every page, every page number. Look it up later, know where it is, what book it came out of, who wrote it. Just blows my mind, his level of competency. Two years of law school and he got a doctorate after high school. Probably one of the youngest attorneys I've ever seen. Passed the bar on his first try with an 800 score. Nobody does that. And he went to work for one of the largest law firms in Seattle. And at his celebration party, they rented the Space Needle for a celebration party for the night. So the entire law firm had it. They had dinner and then Justin's standing there and he's looking out the windows at the city lights of Seattle. And the main partner of the law firm walked up and put his arm around Justin. And he said, what do you see out there? Who do you think controls all of that? We've got some of the largest companies in the world. We've got Microsoft and Amazon and Boeing right here in Seattle. Who do you think controls those? Who do you think controls the little mom and pop stores down there on the pier in downtown? Who do you think controls the state of Washington's government and all the little municipalities and the, and the county governments? Who do you think controls all that? And Justin proceeded to say, well, we the people elect our representatives and they control government and the CEOs make the decisions for the corporations. And the leading law partner let out a big old belly laugh and he, <laughs> he says, no, not one CEO, not one legislator makes a decision. Not one invoice, not one piece of sales literature, not one contract is written by any of them. 
They're written by us. They don't make a decision without running it past their legal department. We, the Bar Association, makes the decisions that run the world. And Justin looked him in the eye, shook his hand, and said, I quit. Fabiola, how are you tonight? Hey, Leo, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Well, uh, we are going to dive into another chunk from what we started uh, a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, I hope you're feeling better. We skipped publishing last week because Mm -hmm. you were a little bit uh, ill. Mm -hmm. Detoxing, I I assume. Detox. I needed to to detox and rest from very uh, intense days at my daily job. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I needed a I needed a mental break and a health break, a physical break, all kinds of breaks. So it was nice, uh, but I really missed recording our podcast. I too miss that. So I'm glad that we are uh, getting back on at the helm here. Now, uh, we heard a couple of people speak there at the beginning. So why don't you do a couple of introductions of who those individuals are? Yeah. So the first uh, lady speaking, her name is Beth Martins. And that was an interview with Robert Phoenix, which we featured in the podcast last season. And they were just talking about uh, the law and the Bible. And actually, Beth has been teaching a course called Primal God's Law that is all about what is happening now in the pandemic. How do you apply biblical principles in the courts? And she explained that it's not that, for example, Leo and I, we're still not very familiar with the Bible. I do have a Bible in Portuguese. <laughs> But we don't even own a Bible in English. But we definitely want to learn more because to me, what stood out from what she said is that there is a Bible in every courtroom. And I think I even mentioned that in our last episode. And why is that? It, it, it is weird when you think about it as uh, as woke as everybody's gotten, yeah. you know, about every little topic and everything. We, we haven't seen an outrage of people, you know, standing up and saying, hey, you know, uh, Christianity does not uh, rule the roost here. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's drop this Bible swearing within yeah. the courtroom and all this. And and uh, but I mean, really, just from the get go, uh, I mean, not only on our money do we say in God we trust, but uh, you know, within mm-hmm. the courtroom, having that Bible there, it, it did always seem like an odd thing to me. I mean, I didn't inspect it too much, but mm-hmm. I, I did think it was strange given that there's supposed to be a separation of church and state, and, mm-hmm. and I thought it was but why very... why is there not one when it comes to the law and the courts? So that was very curious to me, and I definitely... If the answers are in the Bible, I am definitely researching all over the place. And there are so many people in this space of natural law, uh, supreme, not su- superior law, and there's so many. I mean, there's so many different names. There is a variety of right, names. voices, yeah, variety of names is given to this law that's given by our Creator on how mankind is supposed to be operating here on this planet. And then the other gentleman that that we featured mm-hmm. that first clip from, who is that? That's David Strait, and he is a former... Is it David Strait Lester? Lester Strait. Lester Strait, okay. David Strait. And um, this is a talk, it's on Rumble, and we'll share that link so you guys can listen to the entire talk. It's very, very interesting. But David is a former intelligence officer. He's a former county sheriff deputy, former presidential task force agent, and has also been helping people succeed in courts for over 30 years in the basis of the different jurisdictions of law that he's going to explain in some other videos we're going to play for you guys, some other clips that we took from this long talk. Well, and and, and just something I want to throw out there, because again, I think that a lot of people, even a lot of people that we know, they don't look at us as maybe being super religious. And here we're mm-hmm. we're citing Bible verses mm-hmm. and we're talking about God's law and all this. And and um, I mean, number one, we're open to everything. Number one, and mm-hmm. and number two, uh, I, I think I'm wrestling with this interesting kind of uh, thought where 
you know, if, if you don't believe in Christianity, then what you believe about the Bible is that it was a very creative uh, work by a human, right? Or a group of humans. Mm-hmm. And so then- A group we'll, of mankind. A group of, of, of men, yeah. So, so, so but, but my point being is, is that then this, this book has been propped up and, and then it has uh, uh, been used, you would, you would assume you would believe that it's been used as a control mechanism. Mm-hmm. So yes. if you're not super religious, then you'd say, okay, well, why is this book, why is it in the courtroom? Why is, is, is there not this separation of church and state? And is there a reason that it's kind of being hearkened back to continually, you know, going forward into uh, uh, perpetuity within our systems? And so, so that's where it gets really interesting to me. And I don't even know if I'm verbalizing that uh, clear, clearly enough. But um, if you are religious, then I think you would find it really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how does that really translate to what we're seeing in contracts and in law, and how does that work? And then, if you're not religious, wh- why is this book exist within the systems that we mm-hmm. we use today? You know, so, and so- if it does exist, it might be super important if you are thinking, okay, if I have no rights in the system, I'm just a uh, lost a sea or a dead entity. Maybe I do want to learn how do I claim my sovereignty. Well, and and, and that might that might um, also. Uh, I mean, how do I claim? I would say how how would declare. I declare because you don't claim anything. You were born with all those rights. Yeah. Now we're going to focus primarily on this this David Strait. David Lester Strait or David mm-hmm. Strait, I can't remember. I always get his name screwed David up. David Lester Strait. And there was one curious thing he said on that first clip I just wanted to talk about. He talked about the Bar Association. And when I first heard that, I thought, well, that's weird. The Bar Association. Who would ever think about the Bar Association? But then when he said that every contract goes through a legal department anywhere. I mean, even us uh, working with our small private school uh, have received letters from their lawyer, you know, and everything they do goes through a lawyer, their contracts and all that. So isn't that interesting? Well, well Because we talk so much about who is behind this whole thing <laughs> last season. And for him to say the Bar Association controls the world and every contract you you do you get into goes through some legal department at one point was interesting but more interesting was that at one point in this this vit, this lecture he was giving he referred to the bar association as the british accredited registry and i went and of course did a little search on that and one article i i've run across says that the bar meaning British accredited registry is a conspiracy theory. But the interesting thing about the article is that he never says what it means. <laughs> he just says it does not mean this, but he doesn't. I mean, so what is BAR? What is the bar if this is a conspiracy theory? So I just thought it was it was very interesting. And coming from our last episode and one of the clips he had, uh, we had, was this um, sergeant explaining how the crown is related to all this. I mean, they were the original conquesters. You know, colonialism, yeah. you know, that, mm-hmm. that went across the globe. Yeah, so it's just interesting that the bar owns the world, or controls the world, I guess. They don't own anything. But Well, and, and he's actually going to uh, tie it back in where a lot of these words um, that are used in legal dictionaries and whatnot, they also tie back to banking. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the bar, is the bar a... Because I, I think a lot of us have had discussions around the, uh, you know, around the water cooler about... Um, you know, the, the, the bankers of the world, the central bankers, you know, mm-hmm. they're really manipulating what's going on in the world, funding both sides of wars mm-hmm. and, you know, inflating currencies to break economies and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you look and you say, okay, the, the banking industry is, you know, maybe, um, I don't want to say in cahoots, but they're, 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 they've set up the bar with their language that supports the banking industry. Okay, and then uh, uh, that translates into uh, a, a nation of people that you know are not educated to be able to 
you know, defend themselves against those structures. So again, I I get it. It's heady. Uh, We're hoping that some of what we're going to go over today is going to break that open. But I'm sure a lot of you are going to be left with a lot of this stuff going, you know, okay, holy moly. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty (laughs) wild. And and, and again, we want to be entertaining at the end of the day too. Um, And and also these clips that we're going to walk through today from, from David are, he even calls them a tease. He's got a much longer uh, presentation that's you know it's five parts five parts so this is all from one part i think maybe the, this the initial is actually part. just the very beginning yeah. of the first part because there's so much to unpack so so we're not obviously going to get into all the gory details because there's really no way for us to do that yeah. so we're just going to kind of walk through his t's and then kind of talk about some of those things so uh but but just to rehash where we were at last episode we talked about the birth certificate mm-hmm. and we talked about how that enters people into this old masonic system uh where the birth certificate is used as literally a financial instrument to create this secondary entity that is really dead uh, that is um, essentially what is participating in the the economic system of the world and then you and that has no rights and has no rights so they can kind of bully you now we go much more into detail in that episode we're not going to rehash that again here but some important things you're going to hear in this too is that he's going to talk a little bit about the vessel that's created because apparently the vessel is something that's mentioned in law a lot and um, we've mentioned in our last episode yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so so that's going to be some some regurgitation that you're going to hear and he's also going to talk about the all capital letters name mm-hmm. which we mentioned that that dead entity that gets created with the birth certificate uh that is what uh um uh has those same attributes so um so let's dive in. Should we go ahead and do this first let's clip? Let's do it. And this this clip is about jurisdictions, right? So this is going to discuss the uh, uh, the three different jurisdictions, which are land, air, and water. Where did the law come from? What's its origin? How did we arrive at this thing called law where a small group of men could put something down on paper and try and hold me, a man, accountable? Could you answer that question? You watched my video, okay. No, actually it wasn't. It was Genesis 1, 26 through 28. God gave me man dominion over the land, the air, and the water. And this is law. The land became common law, common to all mankind. It's property, it's equity, it's rights. It's our rights. They're unalienable. What does unalienable mean? They cannot place a lien upon our rights. That's what it means. Those rights are unalienable. It has to do with things of property nature. Patents and grants and securities. Gold and silver. Commodities. Things we own right? Things we own. That's what common law is. It deals with properties and it deals with our rights. The air, which is the highest form of law, the air is above the land, which is above the water. The air is ecclesiastical or canon law, which is trust law. All things held in trust, held in the benefit of another, are heirs. It's trust law. That's all it is. In Genesis 1.26 through Genesis 2.25 is a trust indenture. Why did God start that off right in the very beginning of the Bible? He put the world under trust to mankind. We're the trustees. He's the executor. He placed it to us to manage for the benefit of our beneficiaries, our future heirs, for generations to come. Lives on in perpetuity forever. And what is the definition of forever? Until the end of the earth. Forever is till the end of the earth. Then we're in eternity, okay? So it lives on in perpetuity forever. The jurisdiction of the water is admiralty, 
law. It is commerce. It's contract law. Things held in contract with another. Now, there's some interesting elements to a, a true contract that a, the Bar Association doesn't want to teach you. The Bar Association teaches you there's got to be an agreement, consideration, and both people have to sign, and you've got a contract. Well, that's not true. There's eight elements of a contract, okay? But one of the most important of those elements is a contract has to be between like kind. Can a man write a contract with a man? Yes. And when I use the word man today, that means mankind, not being gender specific, it's mankind. It's our species. Okay, so a man can have a contract with a man, but a corporation has to have a contract with a corporation. Can a man have a contract with a corporation? No. Can't. It's like kind versus like kind. Why did they put things in corporations? Anybody know? Why did they start doing that? Labor liability. To limit the liability just to that corporation so that the people who are in the corporation cannot okay. be sued only the assets of the corporation. You're, you're exactly right. It's to limit liability. So if a man has integrity, purpose, knows all eight elements of a contract and writes a proper contract where there's a meeting of the minds, there's full and honest disclosure of the terms and conditions of the contract, there's equal consideration where one person gives something up and one receives and the other gives something up and the other receives, has to be a two-way street. If that's true, why do they have to form corporations? No, I'm, I'm serious. The reason is, is because lack of integrity. If we had integrity, we'd never need a corporation. If we were honest, we'd never need a corporation. Corporations exist so that people can take, be taken advantage of. Yeah, because they have no integrity. So what'd you think of that? Yeah, so that was, that was I, I never knew that we have to do contract mankind to mankind. And think about that when you sign a mortgage or when you buy a house. Your contract is with who? Yeah, no, I with mean. With a corporation. It yeah. should have just been with you and whoever is selling you the property. Well, I mean, obviously there is. Uh... So that contract right there is null and void because there are rules on we're, we're not the there word? yet we're not admiralty. there yet <laughs> Ad, admir how do you say the word admiralty admiralty law there are rules that a contract can only be met, made with the same level of man to man man to man or corporation to, corp. to corporation so that is very eye-opening. But I, I did like, though, what he was saying about, you know, lack of integrity. When you think about, you know, when you involve yourself with corporations, they tend to write these very, very lengthy, you know, uh, legalese documentation, right? So e even if you read it, you probably don't know what you read no. because you don't understand legalese. As we've started to learn through this process, it's an entirely different language. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, even yeah, though... there's that has several different dictionaries yeah. for different definitions. For example, the, the word human in the law dictionary, it, <laughs> it defines human as a sea monster. So you are an aberration or, you know, a monster and you are in the sea. And you're lost to see, so that's why every time we say human, I always go, oh, no, not human, mankind. <laughs> because yeah. we're not sea monsters, according to the law. But but the, the, the integrity thing really stuck out for me, because uh, when you do business with these entities, you know, it, it, obviously we have the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to pause, I'm going to take this terms and conditions and I'm going to bring it to mm -hmm. uh, a lawyer and have them read it and then have them explain what my real liability... Right. I have that opportunity. I do have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. But is it really going in with good faith with someone 
to give them, you know, they're a big, powerful corporation that paid all of these attorneys this money to create mm-hmm. this very complicated document. And then yeah. here you are uh, on the side. And even if you are able to find an attorney, are you going to be able to find one that's going to be able to read through one that was probably built by a team of yeah. attorneys that uh, for, for one why, of the largest why firms? Why is there the separation? Yeah. For example, with our school, they won't talk to us. They won't sit down and talk to us. They just talk to their attorney and their attorney said X, Y, and Z that didn't even really address anything that we argued. Well, we're talking about the mask. Argue with. And they won't sit down and talk to us men to men. They just talk to this outside entity that went to school to learn some sort of law, I guess. Well, and I, and I have a feeling in the case of the school, they the, the, the attorney had no... Um, the attorney probably didn't even do the research to look it up. The attorney right. just said, look, I'll write a statement that sounds kind of formal and kind of scary, and I'll bet you they'll just go away. Yeah. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that's... So then when you asked them in the last meeting, you know, well, what is the... You, you didn't even uh, give any reasoning, like, to the religious exemption, why you, you're not accepting right. it. Right. You're just saying that your attorney told you you didn't have to, but there was no mechanism uh, of law for which they... They, they had that right to do that, but they didn't know. They, they didn't understand what that was, or they're too dumb to be able to regurgitate it back to us. I mean, e- either answer is, is crappy, you know, but, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that... But I guess it's just the, the pandemic just brings up this, this to the forefront very strongly for me, that we have lost the ability to talk to each other, to trust each other, and to take responsibility. And yeah. we have to have, we have to add this layers of complexity to hide behind. So now we're hiding behind the law instead of taking responsibility and learning it for ourselves so that we can advocate for ourselves. Well, and, and, and that right there it takes us into the next clip, which I think is going to set off on that. So let's okay. let's take a listen here if I can get this uh, clip queued up correctly here. Okay, this is number three. Here we go. And one of the main things we got to learn is the United States of America is not the same thing as the United States. It's not the same thing as USA Inc. Salt Lake County is not the same thing as the county of Salt Lake. Salt Lake City is not the same thing as Salt Lake City Incorporated. Okay? You are not the same thing as your all caps name. So my name, David Lester Strait, spelled in all capital letters, is not the same as David Lester Strait in upper and lower case. What happened is a vessel was created. A vessel. And the law clearly talks about vessels over and over and over again. Why am I talking so much about law? (laughs) It's because kindergarten through 12th grade, how many law classes did you have? Why? That's right. The moment you turned 15 years old and got a permit to operate a motor vehicle that you didn't even need, you've been dealing with the law. And yet, you never had any classes. They teach you algebra. How much algebra have you used since you got out of high school? Not much. No, most people haven't. Okay? So they teach us things we don't necessarily need and leave out the things that we do. I thought it was a government-funded, government-controlled curriculum, government school system. At some point in time, somebody's got to take responsibility for our education. Who's that going to be? I don't think it should be. It should be our parents. And we're coming to that, real, pair, that realization the pair ourselves. That rents. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the pair that rents. Well, mother and father, 
It should start with mother and father, right? Because children, they are still, they don't have the cognition. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think we 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 do hand over that that uh, power right to other people, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, we do that out of convenience. Uh-huh, to, well, and and out of convenience, and also out of um, self trust. Oh yeah, can we do the job? Yeah, because yeah. we could completely screw up, and then our kids end up like total losers. But, and- yeah, I mean, I look at us, I mean, look how screwed up we are. We we went to school. I mean, come on. So I don't know that that's really a reason not to try. No, but I'm saying this. You know, the beginning when I trust my child to my pediatrician, right? Gave my power away. My pediatrician told me to do all these things, ended up they were very detrimental to my children. Now my oldest is almost in eighth grade and I still I mean I did early on decide we're not going to go public school because I just had a horrible experience it just did not resonate and then later I'm like well I don't trust the government with my money why would I trust them with my children so that was kind of the reasoning we're gonna we're going to homeschool right but then we found Waldorf education, which was awesome until the pandemic hit. <laughs> and now they want to teach all the critical race theory and all the gender stuff. But, but you know, I think it was interesting what he said was, you know, is how much algebra have you used since high school? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, I mean, I can. Ra- I used it in college. Yeah, and okay. then after college. Mm, I can raise my hand I mean, and say. I mean, once in a while. Never. But, but the, never. Law, the law would be a lot more. Um, Applicable. applicable I mean, we, we would use that day in and day out, yeah. you know, property purchases, you know, uh, 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 property ownership. I mean, that's a big part of the American dream is ownership of your estate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah. law is a big part of that. And, and uh, they don't teach you really anything around that. And, you know, the law in the Bible says it's not ownership, it's stewardship. Stewardship. But I'm just, but I'm saying though, what we're marketed mm-hmm. that we should be going after, we should be trying to own all of these things. You know, that's certainly what the, yeah. the zeitgeist well, because is. Because that's and, what keeps you in the system. No, I, I get it. I'm just making the point that, that it's that's their system that they're pushing, mm-hmm. yet they're not doing the thing that you would think would go along with that, which is, well, teach people how to really understand law because they're going to be dealing with the ins and outs of it with mm-hmm. all of this ownership. Yeah. You know, I'm using air quotes because mm-hmm. we're finding out ownership is not mm-hmm. ownership. Yeah. Um so so yeah, they don't teach us those things. So so now, what what do what they does, teach us? Yeah, what do they teach? <laughs> so let's kind of uh, dive into that here. That would be number four, right? I had great parents, and they taught me to question authority. Now, my school that I went to told me not to question authority. So in my early days. My parents went in one ear and out the other, and the school sunk in, and I obeyed authority in the early days. Okay? And that always gets you into trouble. So, what city are we in? Riverton? So if the city of Riverton police drove in right now, who are they? Do you know? Well, that's right. It says policy on the side of their car. Police is policy. They're policy enforcement agents. Doesn't say law enforcement. It's policy. Supreme Court of the United States says rules, codes, statutes, and ordinances are not law. They're not law. They're corporate bylaws. They're for employees of the corporation to follow. So, are you an employee of the corporation of the city of Riverton? (laughs) Not for this discussion. Okay. You're not. But you are, because you consented. And what I mean by that is, you volunteered and you call yourself, you self-determine. Your very first foundational cornerstone unalienable right is your right of self-determination. The church teaches it as free agency, right? That's the right to self-determine what's right, what's wrong. So you self-determine that you're a citizen, a person, and a resident 
And if you are, you need CPR because you're dead. dead. You're a dead entity. You ever heard the term all are equal in the law? Rich or poor, black or white, y'all have equal standing, things like that. It's because you're all dead. What is an indictment? An indictment's a true bill. It says that right at the bottom of every indictment. It's a bill, it's an invoice. Did you bother to ask how much is the bill if you were indicted? No, nobody does. So you're brought up on charges. If you don't pay the charges, you're asked to bond. If you don't pay the bond, your body is held as surety for the bond. Well, they collect from your Sesta QV trust that you don't even know you have. Do you understand those are all banking terms? So what is a court? Look up the word court in a legal dictionary. It says C bank, C post office. You look up the word judge, it says C banker, C postmaster. Everything is banking. Do you know you have a 72 hour right of rescission on everything? You get a ticket from a police officer and he gives you a ticket for speeding down the road, you can rescind that ticket within 72 hours. So I didn't ask, do we have any police officers in the room? Any attorneys? Any government agents? That's a shame. I wish you guys had some of those around because I'd love to debate them for just a little bit. I take a red Sharpie in a 45 degree angle. I write your offer to contract is not accepted while traveling in private in my private automobile. You operate under Title 18, Section 241 and 242 as a conspiracy to deprive me of my rights under the color of law. And I mail it back in. And he mails it back in. Okay, so now that he will explain that more in in the full series of lectures, right? So he's just teasing, right? Yes, yeah. he's just teasing because there are there is something that is important for a person to do to the system, which is to declare your status. Your status as not a dead entity. So that's very important. Before you start arguing with your policy officer. <laughs> and I think that to me, like listening to him just say that the Supreme Court of the United States says that rules, codes, statutes, and ordinances are not law. Which so they recognize. You're getting ahead. That's the next section. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I just wanted to go over and say, we've been talking about the codes and statutes, thinking that they are laws and they protect you, but no. They are not laws. Yeah, and and uh, I I just thought that that's interesting how he's uh, he, he mentions like uh, in the legal dictionary look up um, court you know and and it's mentioning C bank C post office I mean isn't that just <laughs> intriguing you know and we're talking about uh, the last episode he said uh, uh, what was it the not the sea wars they were. Ship wars that turn into shipping and postal wars that yeah, turn into banking wars into banking wars and 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 so again this this so same shit different name yeah it ties into the same <laughs> yes. thing with with banking well and he also mentioned there you, you might have missed it but he says you know if you don't pay the bond your body is held as surety for the bond while they collect from your Susta QV trust mm -hmm. so this is the financial instrument that comes out of the birth certificate. So when your birth certificate is registered and uh, submitted to, um, I guess it would be the, I'm not exactly sure which entity, a, a Department of Labor or whatever. No, it's a birth. Vital statistics or whatever. Yeah. But but um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to confirm that. That's one of the mm -hmm. things we're cloudy on. But um, once it's submitted, then the government is actually issuing a trust where they are making an investment on the estimated taxes that you'll pay into over the course of your year. So they fund this account, right? Because they stole everything from you in the system. Everything's stolen, right? The land is stolen. Everything is there. So you have your car. Let's say you go to, and he talks about that. I don't know if it's in the next, is it in the next clip? He talks about your car. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the title. Okay, so let's wait for the video. But anyways, everything was stolen from you as the heir. I mean, stolen in the system. So your dead entity and you are different, right? We talked about that a ton. Uh, but they fund this, 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 this trust, I guess, with all this money. And whenever you sign your name on something you bought, that the money in your distrust that you have that you don't even know that you have. So you're like this really rich person in a way, but you you have no idea that you where your money is. Because he makes the point, like when you sign a mortgage loan, that loan is paid for the when minute you, you sign, sign your off name. On it. So think about that. So they steal from your trust, and then on top of that, you have to pay again <laughs> for thirty years. So it's really crazy stuff, but we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Well, here, let's let's listen to this one. This is kind of a long section here. It's, it's actually the last long section, but uh, let's see. What he, he's going to dive in here into uh, superior law, supreme law, and corporate bylaw, which is quite intriguing. What is case law, by the way? Already determined cases. Yeah. No, it's the opine, the opinion of a judge. It's somebody's opinion. You understand no matter what side of the fence you're on or what subject you're arguing about, you can find case law that supports your opinion, okay? What do attorneys get taught in law school? Case law, case law, case law, case law. That's it. I've proved to attorneys before that they didn't learn the law in law school. See, there's three types of law. There's superior law, supreme law, and corporate bylaws. That's it. Supreme law is laws given to us by God. They're unalienable. Okay? They're the Ten Commandments and more. It's not just ten, guys. That's just the most important ones. (laughs) Okay? They're unalienable. Supreme law, and the whole reason we have state and federal supreme courts, is our constitutions and our treaties. Those are supreme laws. The purpose of the supreme court is to see if a lower court decision conforms to the constitutions and treaties of the United States of America. That's their only job. When the supreme court hears a case, and by the way, you got a 5% chance of getting a case before the Supreme Court. 5%. That's it. Out of all the ones that are submitted, only 5% get heard. But their only job is to see if the decisions of the lower courts conform to our constitutions and treaties. Do you know that's we the people's job? It's not up to them. We're supposed to nullify them. We're supposed to nullify them through our juries, and we're supposed to nullify them every time we get a letter in the mail that's addressed to our all-caps name. When you get a letter in the mail, you have a 72-hour right to rescind. To correct the errors our public servants make and to educate them so they don't do it again. That's your job. That's all of our jobs. And you know what we haven't done the last hundred years? We haven't corrected any of their errors. They make these tremendous, they call clerical errors, and we don't correct them, then we acquiesce. Government operates through the consent of the governed. What does that mean? That means they presume something See if you guys can see this. They presume something. They assume something. They get your tacit agreement that you're a citizen, person, and a resident, so you need CPR. And then they use hearsay
to convict you, put you in jail, charge you a fine or a fee or a tax or whatever it may be. They say it's to tax the poor which might not otherwise be taxed. So they lead you down a path. They railroad you. What is the legal definition of the term railroad? To lead someone down a narrow path or rail to a predetermined outcome or conclusion. Predetermined. How do I know it's predetermined? I'll tell you my best confirmation of it. About five years ago, in the Ninth District Federal Courthouse in front of Judge Mosman, the lead judge of the Ninth District, which was known as the most liberal district of our federal courts, I brought a case. And the case I brought was basically, there was a grandmother who was found guilty before I met her by a jury. She was tried and found guilty of four felony counts of fraud. She did nothing wrong, nothing. But they spent four days in a trial railroading her and then gave her half a day to defend herself and denied all of her witnesses, denied all of her evidence. What's she gonna do then? Don't you have a right to defend yourself? Don't you have a right to efface your accusers? They didn't care. They said, basically told her she had no rights. She couldn't bring the Constitution up in the courtroom. They did the same thing to Shauna Cox and Ryan Bundy, the Bundys. They said, don't bring that Bible into the courtroom. Don't bring that Constitution into the courtroom. Why did they say that? No, it's because you're not a party to it. Did you know that? Did you know that you guys aren't a party to the Bible and you're not a party to the Constitution? Ah, I'm about to tell you. Give me just a moment. So let me finish with Judge Mosman for a minute. What I proved with Judge Mosman is that there's two governments. That there's a de jure government of we the people, where we the people lay down the law and a government steps outside of their scope and authority of the law in which we the people lay down then they're committing felonies. They're committing emoluments violation, okay? That's Article 1, Section 6, Clause 8 of the Constitution, an emolument violation. What is an emolument, anybody know? It's where we pay them to do something that we lay down, that we tell them what to do, and they act outside of that scope and authority, and they collect a fee from us. It's not part of their job description. <laughs> it's not part of the law in which we lay down. And they act outside of that. Therefore, they commit emolument violations. They're stealing from us, from the public, that they're getting paid by to do something we didn't tell them to do or didn't give them authority to do. That's what an emolument violation is. I also proved the judges and prosecutors get a net retention or a commission for finding someone guilty. A commission. And I also proved that they share that with the defense attorney. For a guilty verdict. Now, what is a guilty verdict? What is a guilty verdict? What do they do when they arraign you? They want you to plead guilty or not guilty. Really? Did you know those are both commercial terms? Guilty and not guilty is both commercial terms. Did you know that in, on property, on land, industrial, commercial, and residential are all commercial terms? Who owns a house? No, you don't. You don't, really own your house. you don't own your house. The state owns your house. 
They can do anything they want with it. You know why? Because the county came along with a bunch of people who were compartmentalized legal idiots, and they stole your property on behalf of the state from you, and you didn't correct the errors, so therefore you acquiesced. I was telling you about Ken Cromer. His house was foreclosed on by the court. Kicked out of his house. He lived with somebody else. Through the mercy of someone else, he lived, him and his wife lived for 10 months somewhere else. And I got him back into his house. How did I do that? I helped him get his land back in land, under the original land patent and accept the grant deed and no government can deny that or kick you out of your home if you own your property. It's called a superior title. Superior title. How do you get your superior title? What's that? How do you get your superior title? Well, that's later on in the class. Okay. It's later on in the class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we want to talk about that stuff at, at, at another episode because yes. that's a big thing for us, you know, having superior title and whatnot. But I just for our wanted land. to go back to maybe a little history to put in perspective what he's talking about. And, you know, there is argument if the Constitution really applies. We the people are we the people. Or if the Constitution really only applies to... Those that signed off. Yes. And their... Constituents. Yes. So, but just a little history on that perspective that the Constitution was written for we the people. And I'll share the link of this this article. It's just really quick. The pre- preamble does not... Oh, history. Before the United States existed, there was no legal government. A group of representatives acting in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies declared the independence of the colonies from the British crown and the state of Great Britain. From the beginning in the 1776 Declaration of Independence, the people were acknowledged as the source of authority. For example, the sovereignty which authorized the Declaration of Independence. Next came the 1778 Articles of Confederation. The states that existed by the authority of the people created those articles while in Congress assembled. That didn't work as well as expected. In 1787, the people themselves came forth to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. On September 17, uh, 17, 1787, the states held a convention and all those present unanimously joined in. So in 1787, unanimous Concurrence was achieved and the Constitution was born later to be ratified. So we, the people of the United States, and that says in the Constitution, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. So that's the history. The question is, and we'll be exploring it this season, we the people, who are we the people? You got me thinking. <laughs> yeah. So so from this perspective, a common law, the truster is we the people. The venue is the United States. The purpose in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and security, the blessings of liberty. The beneficiaries are to ourselves and our posterity. And that's what we're not sure who is the these ourselves. Is it us or is it someone else? And the enabling actions to do ordain, declare the law, Enabling action choose and establish, bring into existence what this constitution. And the trustee is for the United States of America, which is the trustee. 
So that's kind of how common law sees this whole constitution in who are we the people. It's definitely an interesting debate. I, I thought another key thing in that particular section that he talked about, which was kind of a uh, a little bit of a boom for me, and I can't remember if we mentioned it in last week's episode, but it was regarding that the um, that he proved in that particular case that judges and prosecutors get a net retention fee or commission for finding someone guilty, and then they even share that with the defense attorney on a guilty mm-hmm. verdict. And uh, another gentleman that we follow, I believe that was uh, Robert Michael, mm-hmm. I think we, we learned in that that well, I, I think it was him. We learned that that comes out of the Susta QV. No, it was from David. It too. was from David too. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so 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 that fee come. They actually make a claim against your Susta QV trust, and which uh, is the trust that's created when your birth certificate is issued when, when you're born. And so the the but what's interesting about that is um, that that trust is also traded by companies. You know, like there there's actually some websites uh, which. We have found the websites. We are I not think sure. It's the person is traded, right? Well, yeah, the 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 entity, right? Mm-hmm. It's the so the we, person, and again, that's also a legal definition. Person is not what you think is you and me. Person is this dead entity. Yeah, we, we have found one of those created. websites, uh, and uh, it does ask you for like Susta QV number and mm-hmm. whatnot. But we are unsure whether we're getting the right number. And yeah. so we haven't gotten it to actually pull up our we, data yeah. yet. But um, but we have found a site that he's saying has it. It's just we haven't quite cracked the code on what data goes in it to, to do mm-hmm. the search on yourself. But it would then show all the companies that are trading your dead entity. Yeah, yeah. So On a daily basis. And there's... You're being bundled like, like, a, like a mortgage-backed security. <laughs> yes. Okay. So... Um, you know, I don't, we only have a couple more clips, and and they're a little bit. One's really short, just talking about mortgages. Let's just kind of uh, let me let me see if I can get that pulled up here. That's number six here. Let's see here. Sure, sure. Did you know all mortgages in the United States are fraud? Every one of them. Everyone is fraud. Did you know your mortgage was paid off? Your mortgage was paid off the moment you signed the mortgage application and they accepted it. You know who paid it off? You did. See, you're not a debtor. You're a creditor. You just don't know it. You don't know it. They want you to think you're a debtor and that you're indebted to them. Your signature paid off that loan immediately. And you don't know why, do you? Okay, I'm gonna teach you guys why. I'm giving you, what I'm doing right here is I'm, it's called a tease. I'm teasing you with a lot of little things that we're gonna cover later in depth, okay? But I'm trying to wake you up right now. Wake you up to things you don't know. But you can- so yeah, again, this is something we have a lot of interest in ourselves uh, in this particular topic of because uh, I think what of he's referring to is discharging debt through your net worth tied to your Susta QV trust and uh, them fraudulently writing up this uh, um, this uh, this debt contract uh, with this entity that is not you. So the mixture of the two things together. Uh, again, we're unsure how the whole mechanism works. That's what we're diving At into point, and we're going to walk yeah. through, but, but that's another interesting thing. And then really just to kind of wrap up the, the, uh, David Lester clips here, let's just hear this last one where he's talking about, uh, your cars, your cars and registration. It's rather intriguing here. If I was to ask you, where did the law come from? What's its origin? How did we arrive at this thing called? Okay, I mean, I had the wrong clip there. Hang on, Fabi, put an extra one in there on me here. Long bed Duramax diesel trucks because I like farming and ranching. Okay. Yeah. 
If I walk into a Chevy dealership, it's called an automobile dealership, right? It's not called a motor vehicle dealership because it's not a motor vehicle when they sell it to you. It only becomes a motor vehicle when you title license and register it. Before that, it's an automobile. It's private. Who was our first car insurance company in the United States? It was called Traveler's Insurance. It was designed for travelers. That's what we are, we're travelers. We travel from point A to point B in our private business affairs, 99% of the time, okay? You walk into an automobile dealership, if I laid out $75,000 cash for a brand new crew cab Duramax diesel pickup, and it might be 80 by now, at that moment in time, I own that truck. But the minute the salesman looks at me and says, I need another $250 for title license and registration, please. And I give them another $250 instead of that stack of 75,000. That's the moment I gifted that pickup to the state. So what I do is I look at them and I say, no, that's not necessary. I'm going to export it to a foreign country. And then when I get in and I turn the key and I drive it off of their lot, I'm driving it out of the state of Oregon into Oregon. I just exported it into a foreign nation. <laughs> yeah, manufacturer's statement of origin is in that little envelope that comes with your truck. When you pay the $250, he removes that. He right. fills it out. He sends it to the state. He sent the state the title. And you get a certificate. A certificate means there's a title out there somewhere, but you don't have it. Title out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so just to clarify, when he says the state of Oregon, so the state of Oregon is the corporation. Mm -hmm. And so he is not part of the corporation. He's just from the state of, from Oregon. Mm-hmm. So that's why you can you can say that because it, it they are distinct things. The state of Oregon and Oregon are two different things. So so again, I think what we're we're, we're at a little bit over an hour here, so we're trying to wrap this up. But and I know that was a lot of information. But uh, again, we're not trying to uh, create the path for you here as far yeah. as uh, uh, we're just in the discussion phase and, and just like he's doing, it's a tease, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of give you an idea of how things are structured. There is this dance happening where they are using authority and intimidation and then, and then, and then preying on the fact that you have been brought up through the system to respect that authority really at almost all costs. And, and believe that you are this entity. And then you're giving your consent, your tacit agreement, which is not something that you have to do. And that's the interesting part about this is that if you know where to take the argument, then you have avenues that you can go down where you do not have to hand over, like in this case, ownership of property. You don't have to hand over uh, your rights uh, and say that, you know, you are essentially this, uh, uh, you know, like we mentioned in the last lost at sea, this ward of the state, you know, <laughs> yes. you, you're, you're not this someone who needs to be parented by the state. You, you are this autonomous individual and you can have your own ownership. You have integrity. You can have your own contracts. You don't have to work within this system that exists uh, really to, to support the state of affairs that's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think that was a lot. That was a lot. I, I, I'm, a, um, I'm a little spinning myself. We'll give you guys all a week to digest. I can't believe we did it in an hour. I mean, we're in an hour, four minutes, but wow. I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. And if you want to know more, find out more, haven't joined. Oh, and I know what we didn't do. We, I forgot, like you wanted, the Telegram, the telegram group. We've got a Telegram Join group. Join Telegram group. Uh, obviously on Telegram. Mm -hmm. And so just look for the Collective Resistance podcast there, and uh, you can join and continue the conversation and stay abreast with the different topics that we are following, which, uh, you know, right now we obviously still follow a lot of COVID on that. We do a lot of what's going on with uh, – 
the Freedom Convoy right now in uh, Canada, which that is nutty what's going on there. I mean, just just cray-cray what we're seeing. All for your health. All for your health, okay? (laughs) I mean, they're stampeding people with horses for your health, you know? So, I mean, it's just the kookiest thing. But um, we we really appreciate everybody listening to us. We hope you're finding some of this stuff interesting, maybe informative to help you make decisions about where you'd like to potentially look into and and become more educated in the future. But uh, really, if anything, we just want to extend the conversation and, and, Mm -hmm. and hope that that's helping you do that. So... All right, Fabi, that's another one for the Collective Resistance Podcast. What do you want to tell everybody? Hey, everybody, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay curious.